0: Sustainable sobriety is here. You can create predictable and consistent results in your alcohol-free journey without abstaining from alcohol the entire time. I always say that taking your last sip of alcohol isn't necessarily always the first step for success. You want to eliminate your desire for alcohol, not just simply not drink keep the needle moving forward in your journey in your transformation no matter if you do drink or you don't drink the trap of stopping and starting and moderation is really what always keeps you stuck but you can embrace an opportunity to move forward without the burden of counting days and it is all available to you in the sustainable sobriety course on my website. Follow the link. I will see you there and I will walk you through step by step. This is the most affordable and efficient way to get from where you are to where you want to go, where the desire to drink truly is a thing of the past. I will see you there. Do you ever feel like you're outgrowing alcohol, that you are longing for a deeper connection to life? If alcohol is keeping you playing small and feels like the one area you just can't figure out, you are in the right place. Hi, my name is Mary Wagstaff. I'm a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20 year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help powerful women just like you eliminate their desire to drink on their own terms. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my proven five shifts process that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules and the profound experience that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so thrilled to be your guide. Welcome to your journey of awakening. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. Today's guest is literally the reason that this podcast even exists. It may have made it here some other way, but I don't know of any other way. Five and a half years ago, I bravely made my way to the Pacific coast of Mexico to participate in something called the Goddess Yoga Arts Retreat. (laughs) I was at a crossroads in my life, and I knew something needed to change. After becoming a mother, something inside of me awoke that I could no longer ignore. I didn't know what I would find, but I was curious and ready to find out what I didn't know. When I met our guest... For the first time, she spoke the words, I never knew by name, but remembered by heart and soul. When I heard the word priestess uttered, for the first time, (laughs) it was like the gates of heaven parted, and I knew right then, everything I had been searching for was the divine feminine that was alive inside of me, and nothing would ever be the same again. Uh, Our guest, Achintia Devi, is the founder of Goddess Rising Mystery School and Global Sisterhood. She's dedicated to supporting women reclaim their ancient feminine power and sovereignty and embody their soul essence. Achintia is a priestess of Avalon ordained in the Temple of Isis and the Rose Lineage of the Magdalene. Through extensive alchemical and somatic training, Training, our t- archetypal goddess embodiment, oracle gifts, moon wisdom, and her priestess path, Achintia expertly guides women through light and shadow, home to their innate wisdom, truth, and power. She journeys to her priestess homes of Avalon and Egypt nearly yearly for rededication, offerings, and communion. She has received the blessings from these sacred lands and the Rose Mystica High Council to share these mystical teachings and Oracle transmissions in her offerings through Goddess Rising Mystery School. And to me, she is the living embodiment of devotion to the reclamation of the divine feminine. Achintia, you gracefully weave esoteric and spiritual traditions, mysticism, astrology, and history into your offerings in a way that allows your students to waken to our own deep intuition wisdom and interconnectedness you are a fearless leader and an example of what it means to live in alignment with nature the cosmos and the intri- in our own womb mysteries as women without further ado achintia Davy, welcome to the show thank you so much for being here
1: mary i am so deeply honored to be here to feel these words reverberate from the depths of my heart and i thank you i thank you for that glorious introduction and really honoring the depth of your share and your tears that speak volumes to the heart connection that we share and to what is alive and and is a potential really of living In devotion. You said that about me, and I feel that reflection for you as well. So I have tears that are coming from my eyes that I offer to you in your devotion, and I see you and I honor you and I thank you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. My heart is like pounding so fast that I can't, when I think about this path, that it's just like it's a miracle. and I do believe it was my, you know, my divine path, my divine appointment. But it is so deeply moving because it's just it is the essence of the truth of who who we are. And um that's that it is kept hidden from us is, you know, I think why we're doing this work, obviously, <laughs> why you're doing this work <laughs> is to well, spread this. You
1: are just yeah. And like I, I in this moment, I feel it's like you are the you are the um, the proof, you are the living embodiment of really my prayers in action to be able from the depths of my heart to offer and to serve and to create impact so that there's a nourishing of that seed of your truth, of your wisdom, of your power that has been inside of you all along, that gets tended to, that gets to reawaken and be rediscovered for your own self that's unique for each woman and for you as you have come into this incredible flowering and blossoming of your path and of your life's work and your devotion to then also create impact and that beautiful ripple effect where you know i think of that beautiful quote from Ram Dass we're all just walking each other home yeah and so i see that and recognize that i'm so grateful
0: yeah. I mean, it really is the impact of, you know, goddess rising and, and just in deep sisterhood connection, right? Sacred sisterhood connection. And that, that grid of anchoring to the truth, to sovereignty is, it literally is like the most profound thing in my life. I mean, I don't know of anything else that connects me more deeply to the truth of why we're here. <laughs> Than mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. reflection you know of one another but in us you know in that deeply sacred way and where we get to heal the sisterhood wound and we get to reclaim ourselves as community and you've really you know you've really uh curated the environment to 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 really be able to exemplify that and um and give permission for others to to be able to do that in their own communities too mm-hmm. <sighs> So I do like to start on just a little personal note, um, and then we'll get into all the priestessing things. What are you doing right now for that's just for you that you are really delighting in, in life? Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I just want to honor the question in and of itself, because I think that, and I will answer this, of course, <laughs> but I want to say that it is so important what you're, uh, what you're pointing to. Because in a world, especially for women, where one of the shadows that we can carry is overgiving, it's so important to give to ourselves. And so that is really the replenishing of the chalice, the replenishing of the cup, so that we can continue to offer and serve from a place of feeling full, from a place of feeling um, that didn't joy fill that we do have energy to actually give. So a couple things for me that's always been a non-negotiable, really, in my life is communing with nature. So, whether that's walking it on our property in the rain, or tending to the garden, or you know taking the compost out, and having some moments where I'm just lying in the sun, or I'm have my feet or hands on the earth to really be in a place of like non-logical thinking, just presence mm-hmm. being. But being with presence, that's always something for me That's I have to, and it's not even doing, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it's it's the beingness part, really get out of that, um, that momentum of the constant doing that our society co- globally really pushes at this time. So that's, you know, that's one of the things I love to take when we don't have a drought. <laughs> I love to take baths and really immersing myself in water. So I'll go from hot bath to the cold plunge back and forth. That's something that I love to do that is really good for my body, for my nervous system. That gives me a really powerful reset. And then my meditation practice. And that does look differently. It doesn't necessarily happen in the way of just sitting cross-legged and breathing. You know, um, although, yes, absolutely breath work. But sometimes that comes for me, like five minutes a day where I'm moving to music. Like I just created a playlist today. Um, and it's really to, and it's called Solace. You're welcome to check it out for anybody that's listening. Um, music is one of the ways that I love to really bring my own emotions and whatever I'm moving through, either personally or collectively, to have the music be a sanctuary to dance or to move or to journal or to just or to stretch or to cry. And so um, music for me, whether it's listening on playlists, creating the playlist, or actually for myself, like I have a hand pen that's right, two of them right in front of me. So I love to play music. Um, and that's something that I do. I will say weekly, like not necessarily every day, but just getting my hands on the piano, utilizing my hands to create music in that way. Those are some of the things that I just, mm, I love. I mean, there's tons more, but those are the things I feel like I'm actively doing right now.
0: (laughs) Yes. Thank you for that. And it's such, and what I'm hearing is it's, it's embodiment, right? It's in, it's like in bringing it all through the body and experiencing it through your senses, through the body, because we do, we live in this world where we, you know, if you're online, as your business is. You have to engage in this way. And um, so it just sounds like this really beautiful, beautiful balance to just kind of bring you home to the, because we only experience life through the body, right? And so if we're disconnected from that, and, you know, so many of our listeners here are here because, you know, maybe they have kind of lost the way on their, on their path through dissociation. And I love that you're offering, you know, just all these different ways of coming to presents that are beautiful and fun. And yes, Achintia's playlists are amazing. So we will make sure (laughs) that you can download those and have access to those because they're so good. I listen to them all the time. And the other question I was going to ask you, and I have a feeling it's like some of these similar practices are what do you do to tend to, you know, your when things aren't feeling great, like your emotional needs. But I have a feeling that it's some of the same things. (laughs) I think you're right
1: on with that. Um, I wonder if there's anything else additionally that I could think of. Um, Well, I think this really just opens up a powerful aspect of emotion um, that I would love to speak to because everything that I just shared previously about embodiment or ways to get into the body feel so deeply interwoven with the power of emotion and the body and where we can disassociate and then how, where we have the opportunity to also come home to within our own self so that we are embodied um, and that really does come to the place of emotion where there's emotions that we judge as bad or that feel uncomfortable or that we don't like and when that happens we are conditioned to go towards comfort so go to the comfort, go to the comfort. Uh, we can, when we're faced with emotions that are, are uncomfortable, oftentimes that can bring into freeze, into fight or into flight. And that's when our nervous system is, of course, in a state of panic or feeling attack or threat, et cetera. And so when we can bring our body back into a place of, Presence where there's coherence with the nervous system and be present to our emotions, and have a the recognition that our emotions don't need to be fixed, they know, don't need to be healed, they just need to be felt. This is one of the greatest cycle breakers that I believe we as human beings can very much um, attune with that is a like a turning in a turning inward instead of away from where there can be great inner transformation so giving a few examples so if we're feeling and i say we meaning like the collective of humanity because the common denominator is we all feel and so of course this is going to be different for each person but let's just say for example for me that i <clears throat> am feeling simultaneous grief and rage. And so it's important to recognize that we, as human beings, we can feel multiple feelings and emotions at the same time. It does not need to be (laughs) either or, it's really a both and. And that's really one of the powers of priestess, of the great mother, to hold sometimes even opposing views or quote-unquote opposing emotions at the same time. So with a For example, just the global events that are taking the world right now, there's a part of me that is raging, and there's a part of me that is grieving. And then there's a part of me that holds that sacred center in the midst of all of it. And that's really that place of soul. And because I'm human and we're all human, we also have that experience of feeling our emotions. And that's one of our greatest gifts. And so instead of pushing away grief, instead of pushing away rage, the invitation that I always bring to myself or anybody is, how about we feel that? Mm -hmm. And when we feel the emotion, it's not about creating a re-traumatization, of things that have happened within the vicinity or sphere of that emotion, but it's giving the body permission to be in its natural state, which is of feeling. So just with the example of music or dance, it's like bringing that emotion where I can then just cry and cry and grieve along with the thousands, millions of other people in the world who are grieving right now. I can then also rage, I can scream, I can utilize my body in a way that's not to harm anybody, but to bring that anger out in a way to move it in a healthy way, like whether that's like pounding, you know, my hands or arms to the ground or screaming, you know, this is about moving energy and When we do that in a healthy way, and especially, I just want to reiterate this with the anger piece, it's not about using this emotion to create harm, or it's not about using grief to play the victim, but it's just about allowing ourselves to actually feel and give ourselves permission to feel. And when we do that, it's just like water. So, this analogy of how water always Transitions. Water goes from the rains to, let's say, um, you know, a river that is then making its way down to the ocean. And then that from the ocean, that water evaporates again into the rain clouds and comes back down as rain. So it's not like one of those parts of the cycle is bad, right? Just right. like our emotions. So it's like when we feel our emotions to the extent what's going to happen is just like water, they're going to shift. And so It's where we have gotten stuck in an emotion that can create this looping of, or just it's it's a stuckness, it's a stagnancy, and so I feel that just by bringing this part up about emotion or how if I'm feeling, it's like there's the personal feelings, and then there's like there's the collective, and so this is where on the priestess path, it's like it's not about saying you know of being. Empathetic and feeling everything that everybody else is feeling. Because actually, that's a real sign that's, you know, even though that can be a gift of oracular nature, it's actually really important to have those boundaries so that you can contain your own self preservation. But it is a recognition that we are individual human spirits and we are also a part of our collective humanity. And because we're a part of our collective right now, that, yeah, these are the ways in which. Um, you know, our emotions are universal. It's a common language that we all speak, regardless of where we are in the world. And so when we have that language of emotion, and are able to express in a healthy way, there's so much healing that can happen to come home to, wow, what's really underneath that, and what's underneath, or, um We're also pointing to where there needs to be reconciliation or repair within our own selves or within others, and really ultimately coming home to self so that we're not abandoning ourselves anymore, right? Not abandoning that little girl inside that is sad, not abandoning that warrior us inside of us that is raging. So that's an example, and I've definitely like extended upon that, but it feels really Important to share that given the context of your question. So I'll pause there.
0: <laughs> it's brilliant and it's so important. And I it's the most important conversation, not for just our our conversation today and, and and the work that I do and the work that you do, but emotions. I have I could say so much, but I always feel like emotions are the most human thing about us, <laughs> first of all. Um and one of the things that i kind that I teach and I probably shared on the show is and what I'm hearing you say is it's not so much about the the story behind it. It's about the sensation as the experience of the emotion itself as a firsthand embodied experience I mean, Absolutely. and there can be the story, but it's like we we getting out of your head and into your body is how we can process that, and then what we do is make space for for something new to arise. Right, a new understanding, a new perspective. And what need do I have that's not being met? Right. Mm-hmm. Um so that new yeah. choices can be made, so that there can be a different experience in life. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So we don't have to keep reliving these same yeah. <laughs> karmic imprints, past life patterns, all the things. And it literally is the most important part of the work that I do. And I think, you know, it is kind of where we have to go in humanity. We're at this tipping point where we can't be less emotionally available it is i do believe it's the next phase of human evolution as our deep deeply embodied emotional experience that it's it's not a problem it's an experience and it's a portal for transformation and um and so much wisdom and insight and all of all of the things. So, and I love that you spoke about to the both and that, you know, we get to be these multifaceted beings. Cause I find with so many women, there's, um, and this is, you know, a general statement, but it's my firsthand experience, is There's just so much guilt for like you, you started this conversation with, with wanting my space, wanting my me time, wanting, um, to be a sovereign, just woman unto myself without all the labels, without, without all the rules. And, um, there's like guilt, you know, I have this desire, but then there's this guilt of the shoulds, the doing the, all of that. And then that is why a lot of people turn to alcohol. Cause it's like, they can kind of check out and have this little party of one while they're still attending to not fully present some, most of the time. And then they find themselves in this, you know, stuck in this, this rut where nothing's really being fully attended to. <laughs> in so many ways and um and so yes the permission to be able to be all of it that 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 is it is the nature of our humanity i believe and the archetypal energies that
1: yes hopefully will
0: speak to sure (laughs) yeah so i did i was curious if we can backtrack in your own journey a little bit um I just feel like that take the emotional takeaway is just like, yes, it's everything that, that our, our audience needs to know. Um, but how did you come to know yourself as priestess in a world that doesn't really mirror that? I mean, at least in my experience, I grew up in a Catholic church. I saw men as priests at the altar. The nuns, the sisters were sitting to the side. And that's why in the introduction, I said, like, I didn't even know that this, you know, in my logical mind, in this lifetime, I didn't know.
1: That's such a powerful question. You know, I feel like one of the, yeah, there's a few poignant parts in my life journey where I could point to, I think the time where I recognized specifically with the word priestess i was 17 and maybe i was younger maybe there was something i mean something else, but but i can really distinctly remember this this time where i was 17 and then certain, soon turning 18 and there was a couple of things that began to happen for me at that time i had just begun university at this really incredible school where you don't have grades you create your own degree you have self-evaluations do um create your own independent studies and that's really where i decided to travel the world and do my own independent (laughs) studies and and that's like a whole other branch but it was at that time where i began to have some past life recognitions of times in avalon and Mm -hmm. when i heard the word priestess I just, it instantly clicked for me and I knew that that was what I was, what I had always been and was here to remember. And so, and then it was around that time that I first read um, The myths of Avalon. And that book, when I read that book as a teenager, I felt like I was literally reading about A past life that I had had. And it was so visceral for me. I actually transported through time and space and had a whole experience where I would be reading for five hours, but not really realizing I was reading. I surpassed that part of the brain and really went into a time of um, visceral and visual experiences. And began to really remember those times and so it was really at that time that I just began to really remember and when I say remember that is the real bringing it's not just a logical thing of like the intellectual remembering it's literally the part of remembering bringing parts of self home mm-hmm. that had been either forgotten or exiled that happen in this human journey when we come when we're born right when we come from spirit through the veil of spirit into matter we agree to some sort of you know amnesia that we're going to forget some things and we're here to spark each other's remembrance and certain things are going to happen in our lives that are going to ignite and oh have that remembrance again so that's the timing piece for me
0: Were you like, what do I do with this? (laughs) Or did you not?
1: Yeah, I I feel like that was just sort of my, my awareness at that time that that's what I was. And that became the center Mm -hmm.
0: of my being
1: so much that when I think of it right now, it's like, when we choose a priestess path, or it chooses us really it's that that is the foundation for everything else in life which is a path of devotion yes and a priestess i would say isn't just it's it's not just a um, it's not a title it's not uh you know as a person it's it's really an oath that's mm-hmm. what makes a priestess a priestess is her devotion and her oath to love and so from an even younger age, I used to go to a camp on Vancouver Island, and one of the experiences that I had there when I was in a um, what's it called It was like a leadership development immersion that was three weeks and one of the days we had gone up to do this huge hike. And it was time for our solo time. And during that time, we were each needed to go choose a path and just be with ourselves for an allotted amount of time until we heard the bell ring. Um, Of course, this is before cell phones (laughs) and all of the things. And I found myself finding this path that opened up to a grand vista of the Pacific Ocean high up on this mountain. And I had this experience where in because of, I believe, of all of the physical exertion and going into that state of breathwork and going into that state of communion with nature, that I did enter into a a state beyond, you know, the human personality. And I would say that this was probably the first time where I really opened up into a, a, a state of communion with nature, with God, goddess, with source, and this huge raven. Began encircling me and stayed with me for a long time. And I knew then, oh, this is the medicine of magic. And I was knew in this moment that I was being initiated into the mystery. I could cry. And the powerful experience that I had within me with this raven who was like, you know, a messenger of source was basically giving me a energetic download and foretelling of what my future would be, but without necessarily knowing everything. But it was in that moment that I knew that, wow, there's there's something so big for this life that's more than just me and my life. And that I just knew in that moment, it was magic. It was love. It was eternal, it was real, and I'm and I'm here for it. And so I like I made a vow in that moment to always follow this wherever it would lead, because I knew that you know it was the path of love. And so that's really where I feel like being a priestess is that it's that choosing love. And sometimes, you know, <laughs> that <laughs> creates um you know really tough choices or it but that really becomes you know um or and did become the foundation for everything in my life and so that's how I could basically say like okay <laughs> or like with your question like well what did you know what are you gonna do with this it was that that I just knew that there was an unfolding and it's been an unfolding yeah ever since yeah in so many ways unexpected. And vast, and small, and through the body, through spirit, through pain, through pleasure, through peace, through trial, through you know <laughs> fires of initiation, through you know holy waters of beauty, and um, the whole spectrum. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm so feeling and trust. Right, like when you have this moment from source from the goddess and and knowing like that that you will know you will know the next thing following your heart following through the the journey of love and it doesn't it's not always easy there could be a lot of risk I know for me there's resistance sometimes (laughs) it's like yeah (laughs) it's like okay
1: let's go Well, uh, yeah, that resistance is so powerful to note and to lean into, because whenever there is there, there's like, there's two kinds of resistances. There's the resistance from a place of a clear boundary. That's a clear, no, right? Like that is not for me. Um, But then there's the resistance that's like, oh, Yeah, that is something I have to do, or that is uh, is something I have to face, or this is a conversation I need to have, or this is an initiation that must be experienced. And yeah, it's that edge where there can be excitement and fear, and being at that threshold of knowing that while this is going to change me and I may go through uncomfortability, but ultimately on the other side is going to be well liberation. Or there's going to be relief. There's going to be beauty, and um, yeah, I think that resistance is a is a really powerful um, energy that you've just brought forward because it's something that we all experience in this life. And then it's what yeah what what do you do with that? What do you do with the resistance?
0: And I think being embodied enough, or at least working towards that, you know, the the knowing of what what is my sacred yes and no right and and when you know like okay i like i signed up for this versus no this isn't like you said and that's a practice and i think it's it's a practice in trusting ourselves because we're not really given that tool to trust ourselves you know it's like every which way it's like it's this is the path to follow right there's there's all of these things that were sold and marketed to that um that's everything but trust yourself.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's one of the primary imprintings that we have in our world at this juncture in time and space is that for I would say obviously not the entire population because there's incredible indigenous populations that I don't believe have been indoctrinated into this, but there is an indoctrination for a mass part of the population on the planet that is the belief i could say quote power or spirit what do you want god goddess is outside of yourself Mm -hmm. and that is something that then you need to seek external fill in the blank to attain so when we go into that word, you know, priest or priestess, in the realms of what priest has been is that it's like, "Oh, only God you you can only experience like as a quote priest, let's say. Yeah. You could only experience God through me." Whereas like priestess in and and I would say true priest, you know, in the sense is the complete opposite of that. It's really A part of priest, priestess in its authentic form and title and role and devotion is to be a support or a guiding force of reflection to realize that God, Goddess, is inside each and every one of us and to seek that from the inside, not from the outside. Mm. So when you speak to that part of the, you know, resistance and following that path. And trusting, this is where I feel like the trust piece is so. Um, it's not the word I want to use; is controversial, but um, it it go. We go into an arena when we think of trust because there's so many imprints that we have around trust from our cultural, global conditioning to trust inside. Oh, but. The powers outside of me, or I need to trust this person because they're more knowledge-filled, or they have the connection to God, or they da 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 da. And when we give our power away in that, then we're abandoning ourselves, and that leads to just continued suffering. And so that that exact sort of um, portal there, when we think of trust, is or speak about trust is that invitation to always be coming home to ourselves, to our gut knowing, because our bodies do know, our intuition does know when we exercise that quote muscle, when we exercise that intuitive muscle. And and I think each of us in life, we know this, when we have that voice inside of ourselves, that gut feeling, and we don't listen to that, Mm -hmm. what happens? It's like, oh, I knew it. Oh, I knew it. And so, yes, when we know it, but will we act on
0: that? And
1: so wow. that's the, like, that's the muscle we got to train and reprogram ourselves into really following.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's I mean, that really is is everything. And I and I was wanting you to speak a little bit more to our audience, because if, you know, <laughs> I've talked about being I've talked about the priestess path. and. um in my own experience but i do think there's probably some questions of of what that is and how one would know and and yes this was the introduction that i had to how to connect to to source to the divine was through going to church right and um kind of always deferring to expert energy right the doctor, teachers, parents, even right? it's like all the authority outside of mm-hmm. us. And I think you know, I started my kind of my other side of my spiritual journey because I really did love church. And that was kind of, there wasn't, there was definitely a connection. I really loved the ritual and the ceremony. And I hear this often from people who, <laughs> you know, kind of make it to the the gnosis part of it. Um, and, and that deeply connected spirit, um, but through my journey with the practice and science of yoga um, at eighteen, was when I started to really t- tune more into that expert energy within and becoming my own best teacher, my own best, mm-hmm. you know, doctor. And I'm not saying like don't go get other people's opinions, but you know, j- starting to tap into that that knowing for myself. So it's like I think so many people, including myself have been on this path for a long time and there's these little glimpses of it but just but there's like still this little missing piece and yeah I would just love to hear you speak a little bit more to what is priestess um what is the priestess path I mean I know you spoke to love and devotion and I think you know a lot of it is the divine feminine too so whatever you Mm want to offer in there Thank you so much, my beautiful listeners, for being here for part one of this two-part series with my spiritual mentor, Chintia Devi. I am so honored to have had her on the show, so please tune in next week as we really explore the idea of what is priestess and how do you know that this is the path that has been calling you maybe for lifetimes and why it is truly the calling that is taking you beyond alcohol, this glimpse of the inner guide, the inner authority, the self-gnosis of becoming wildly creative, connecting with our wild side and our truest nature, the wild being the authentic. So we will see you next week and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Thank you so much for being a part of our circle here on the podcast. And if you are really resonating with this work and it's starting to open up and shift new perspectives and possibilities for you, I want to invite you to come on over to check out the Stop Drinking, Start Living portal of empowerment. It is where we take all of the concepts from the show and not quit alcohol, but commit to a new lifestyle and learning a new way so that you can develop a new self-concept that goes beyond alcohol so that you can create a life that does not need alteration. We take a deeper look at the concepts here and then you actually start to apply them to your life, showing up confident and proud as an example of what's possible Visit my website, marywagstaffcoach.com and learn how you can become a lifetime member of the portal of empowerment today. I'll see you there.